You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly series, Back to the Future, in which we share encouraging stories from experts who conserve traditional approaches to food, farming, and natural resource preservation. Today, we're speaking with Bronwyn and Dan Mund, owners of the Wandering Bee Flower Farm, about flowers, bees, and setting a pretty table. Welcome, Bronwyn and Dan. Hi, Hi. thanks for having us. Really excited to have you here today. Uh, Bronwyn and Dan, when did you decide to grow flowers for a living and how long have you been doing it? Yeah, well, we have always loved nature and being outside. Um, And so part of our decision to flower farm was to have those things that we really love be part of our life and our work. We've been growing flowers for five years now. We moved out to our property in 2016. And when we first moved here, we just knew we loved the land and we really saw our family uh, being on this land, but we didn't know what what we were going to do with it. So after we had been living here for a few years, we really started to vision a flower farm. We grew our first flowers in 2019. And each year we've kind of grown the flower farm. We've been learning so much about growing flowers and the floral industry. Fantastic. So you loved being outside, a way of life for your family. You've been doing it for five years. And how did you decide what flowers to plant first? We started with some dahlias and cosmos and zinnias and just some of the classics. And every year um, we have our flowers that we continue to grow because they're just a favorite. And we are always adding on some new flowers that we trial and see if they make it year year to year and see which flowers are the favorites for us to grow and the favorites for our customers. Fantastic. And you go to a market every Saturday. Tell us about your experiences at the market. So we do a couple of different markets and we've done different markets throughout the years. Currently, we're going to Masonville Market, which is near the Masonville Mall on Fridays uh, from 8 to 1. And we do the Saturday market at Covent Garden at 8 to 1 also. Yeah, and the market is just a great place for us to meet customers, um, to interact. They get to meet the farmer face to face. They like that. They get to talk to us about, you know, lots of people love flowers for all different reasons. And they like to just talk about flowers. So a lot of times people just come up, see flowers that they love and they'll just start, you know, conversations and we'll get into like, you know, how we grow them or how they grow them or it's great at the market to be face to face with people and yeah, just enjoying flowers together. Yeah, there really is something about the community coming alive at the markets, but also when you pass your incredible flower booth, I know I have been there many Saturdays, but I'd love to know how did you come up with the name The Wandering Bee? Yeah, well, bees are such an amazing insect. For the wandering bee, I just think we kind of like fell for that name because it was kind of fun and whimsical. So it's just kind of like a little bit joyful, a little bit sweet, a little bit fun. Um, And that's really something that we strive for here on the farm, whether we're working up on the field. And I also strive in our flower designs and our floral designs for them to be kind of fun and whimsical. That's kind of where I, I hope the wandering bee kind of ties in our business to our name. That's amazing. So not just a name, but a concept and uh, a way of life. Wandering bee, you know, as you were speaking, Bronwyn, I'm thinking, you know what, bees do wander. 
they go kind of flower to flower. It's not necessarily linear. They're not waiting for a red light and trying, you know, going to turn here and, and, you know, one way only they sort of wander around. It's kind of a nice, uh, uh, concept of life and also a well well phrased in terms of what you're doing on the farm so I, I love the name very poetic and it really suits your website so I encourage listeners to go to the Wandering Bee website to see more about what Dan and Bronwyn are doing because I, I personally really love it and I think that you will too so how does flower farming fit into broader agri-food sustainability at our farm sustainability is really important on many levels but when we move here we got this land we had a couple you know usable four acre pieces um, that were monocropped before we got here you know with corn or soybeans you know different crops like that year to year and when we first moved here uh, one of the things we did was we planted some cover crop to just try to start building the soil um, and you know every year we use the same beds every year so we're, we're continually adding nutrients and compost and we use like an organic mushroom compost and we use cow manure and we use all kinds of different things to build our build our beds from a sustainability piece um you know building the soil is really important long term just keeping the nutrients in the ground and it's great for us because every year we grow better flowers on the beds that are five years old than the beds that are one years old. Yeah. And I think one thing in the flower industry is uh, local flowers, as we've been doing it, you know, being part of this local flower movement, which is a growing movement, which is really great because around 80% of the flowers in North America are flowing in and from different countries. And so a lot of the flowers that come in, there's, you know, the water use and a lot of chemical use and just the transportation. And so you're getting flowers that aren't as, you know, good quality and don't have the same health as if you're supporting local. And so I think that's a big thing to support sustainable agriculture and the floral industry is similar to other areas of agriculture is just that supporting local, um, supporting farms that, you know, have that same same area kind of footprint of where you're living. And it helps regenerate the soil and you're working hard to do that. So big contribution there to the agri-food sustainability, but it seems like we should say supporting, we hear about local food, but we should be saying support local food and flowers. And it gives us something to look forward to. I, I try to not just do the show, but eat seasonally. And let me tell you the excitement when it's tulip season and peony season, I have it on my calendar on what to look forward to. And, and you had some spectacular spectacular peonies this year you had coral ones and yellow ones and just incredible peonies and I I really do kind of have it planned in terms of what I'm looking forward through all the way through to those cosmos which are much much more fall flowers but really having fresh flowers in my kitchen and on my table which we'll talk about after the break but supporting local flower farmers so important and so much more to look forward to in terms of the harmony and emphasis of our year so very very important to also consider local flowers. So you've mentioned the hard work, you've mentioned the concept of your way of life, you've mentioned about sustainability, and how uh, fresh cut flowers, local fresh cut flowers contribute to the um, agri-food system. What are some of the unique challenges in flower farming? 
of course, we love the natural world around us and the many blessings it gives us. And then also the challenges, you know, the weather, uh, insects and the soil health all bring challenges to us growing um, beautiful flowers. And we really kind of try and have our vision to work along alongside that and figure figure out how to best grow flowers, you know, despite the weather, you know, having, we use a drip tape system so that we can water when it's really dry. We corral certain crops. So when we have heavy winds or heavy rains, those crops won't get knocked over uh, and different things like that. It can be a challenge sometimes in the spring when we're out there at night covering all of our crops. So that um, a frost doesn't uh, hurt them because we've gotten the most early in hopes to get an earlier crop. And some years it, it works and in some years it doesn't. Another thing that I think is a little bit of an education piece. And that education piece is with the seasonal flowers, like you were just saying, a lot of people, um, if they haven't kind of experienced the seasonal flowers, um, they're looking for something really specific, you know, maybe in September, they're having a wedding and they really want peonies as their wedding flower. We don't have peonies growing in September, but we have beautiful dahlias growing in September. You know, it can be a challenge, but it's also a really fun piece, like teaching about seasonal flowers and helping people fall in love with those because it's such a sustainable choice. You no, know, so true. And such a range of colors. And I know, um, cause I love your booth and I'm there as often as I can be at the Covet Garden Market in London and uh, downtown on Saturdays that uh, I got larkspurs last week. And I don't think I've ever had those before. So it really broadens the range, not just falling in love with local flowers, but it broadens the flowers that you have available to you. I know you had cornflowers, these incredibly blue cornflowers. I missed those. I was still <laughs> buying peonies at the time and I had made a decision. I missed the cornflowers, but I'm not going to miss them next year because I have it on my calendar to watch for them. And I'm learning myself about seasonal flowers and definitely falling in love with them. And it's, I think, as you had said, Broadman, a real education, but once you get into it, it's like eating seasonally that you really look forward. You know, I can't wait for the peaches to come. I have loved the strawberries. We're in green peas right now in our region. And I look forward to the flowers in the same way. And it is much more sustainable. And I get to contribute to the local economy and get to know people just like you and Dan, who are wonderful to see every Saturday. Um, I don't feel like I'm running errands or going to get uh, groceries. I'm going out to see what's going on in my community when I'm watching what the flowers are for the week and what's in season for the week and, and what all the producers are doing. So it, it's a really exciting way of life and uh, I highly recommend it. So moving on, where there's flowers, there's bees and your farm is the wandering bee. Now you don't sell honey, but tell us about the bee aspect of your farm. How do you keep the bees there and keeping the flowers going and uh, how are you managing the bees at the wandering bee flower farm? Um, so yeah, I mean, bees and, you know, lots of beneficial insects are really important to us, um, you know, the pollinators. And so, you know, we, we grow alongside not only insects, but animals. We have, you know, coyotes that visit the field at night looking for voles in the beds, which help us out. You know, sometimes they knock stuff over and, um, but they're also catching prey there that, you know, is doing stuff to our crops and the same with insects. Um, you know, we have lots of insects in the field and we're managing what ones we can uh, to not have ones that are detrimental to our bloom. Like our main field, we're growing flowers in. So we're, we're growing flowers, we're cutting flowers, we're turning beds over and we're growing more flowers. But in the edges uh, of our fields, uh, we have lots of hedges with 
um, you know, native plants growing that are encouraging uh, insects and bees and everything to come in and, and feed. So um, yeah, we like to say we're, I guess, farming alongside those things. Farming alongside not just bees, but other insects and animals. That's a that's a great way of saying it. You can almost envision it. And that it reminds us we do live in an ecosystem. You talked about the weather. You've talked about, um, you know, what coyotes eat and how that helps with the farm, but also the broader biodiversity. So definitely the sustainability aspect and a real reason to support local fresh cut flowers and farmers in your area. And we're going to talk more about this after the break, when we'll discuss taking time to set a pretty table with Bronwyn and Dan Mund from the Wandering Bee Flower Farm. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, home economist, and you're listening to Food for the Future. We're speaking with Bronwyn and Dan Mund, owners of the Wandering Bee Flower Farm. Bronwyn and Dan, this show is part of the Back to the Future series, where we take a look at traditional ways to food and dining and agri-food experiences. Why should we have local fresh cut flowers in the kitchen or on the table? I think having local um, flowers on the table is just a great way to connect with nature. Having the seasonal flowers, you're really bringing in what's in nature outside around you. It brings joy into the home and it helps you slow down. Maybe if you have flowers on, on your table during your morning coffee, instead of reading a cereal box, it's like watching how that flower has, you know, blossomed a little bit more from the day before. You know, I'm just thinking of something I read recently about enchantment and how that's that feeling of (gasps) when you see something that you really love. And these way you've been describing the flowers, Bronwyn, it reminds me of just enchantment. When you look at it, you may bring them home and it's just a bud. And the next day they might be opened a little bit more and they're going through their life cycle on your table. And so it does bring joy and it does bring this um, reference to the broader ecosystem and the broader world that we live in when we're watching local fresh cut flowers on our table. So there's something really poetic about that. And I couldn't agree more with what you just said. Now, you make beautiful bouquets out of the flowers that you have available seasonally to you at the Wandering Bee Flower Farm. Bronwyn and Dan, do you have any suggestions for arranging flowers for a pretty table? Yeah, I think one of um, the biggest things that you can do is pay attention to height. So first paying attention, you know, if it's on your table, you might want a lower arrangement um, so you can enjoy that conversation with the person across from you at the table. Um, If it's on a side table or in your entryway, you might really enjoy a nice tall arrangement that, you know, is is really going up the wall. Um, And so playing with, you know, choosing what height you want your arrangement to be. And then also um, the individual stems height. So like if you get a nice full bouquet, um, have a pair of scissors or a pair of clippers while you're putting them into your vase and help each stem shine. And you can really do that by having different heights in your flowers and the greens within within your table arrangement that you're creating and have fun. It's, you know, it's just, it's a little bit of art, you know, you're, you're doing a little art project as you uh, play with your flowers. 
Sounds good. So form and function, form how high and function is it going to be in a hallway or on a kitchen table where you need to see over it? Really good advice. And I love that you had said, let each stem shine. We can almost take that out to the broader human family. Let each stem shine. This show is trying to bring the humanities, so history, philosophy, creativity to today's food dialogue. And I'm wondering, how do these ways of understanding the world relate to what you do at the Wandering Bee Flower Farm? Yeah, well, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, and you had touched on is memories uh, and emotions that flowers bring up. And we see that all the time from uh, stories we get from people or, you know, Dan will come home from the market and share with me someone walked by and they got stopped in their track and came in with, you know, mention a flower that was from their childhood, from their grandparents farm or from uh, the country that they moved from, and they were just so excited to see it here. Um, and so I think that having that connection with flowers, like it, it just really connects people to their emotions in a special way through their texture, through their fragrance, um, and just through their beauty. But it is really great, like, to, you know, experience some of these memories with people uh, at the market, uh, especially because they'll come up, they'll see something they haven't seen since their childhood, you know, maybe they're, they were from England, and it's sweet peas, or, you know, lily of the valley, or, um, and it's just cool, because they come up and they tell and then they tell me a story about their childhood, or about a loved one that they've lost. And this reminds them of them, every time they see it, and they look forward to this part of the year, every year for this specific, you know, thing to bloom. And, uh, it's just a really cool uh, way to connect with our community and um, to deeply connect with people like just through time and experiences that we haven't had, but we get to live with other people. It's just a really cool thing. Yeah. Real sense of connection. I'm thinking of uh, something on your website that says peace, love and flowers. And your response to this question shows that it very much is peace, love and flowers. So thank you very, very much for sharing the experiences that you have with people walking by and how to connect them to happy memories and other times and other places, but also creating them because they're buying flowers for special occasions and events and creating new memories. So it really is such an important part of the overall agri-food system and something that can really brighten our days in our kitchens, uh, on our tables. And you have edible flowers too. So there's uh, that's something also to look for. So the show is called Food for the Future. And what can we do right now to build a brighter way forward together? I, I think something that everyone can do is, you know, intentionally source local flowers. So if you're buying flowers to treat yourself or for a friend, or if you're planning a wedding or an event, um, asking your florist or searching out a flower farm um, and buying local flowers, because that's something um, that you're supporting a local business, um, you're supporting local agriculture, and you are getting a product that is a lot more sustainable uh, than many of the flowers that are here. And I feel like that's an education piece that is just fun to share with people because a lot of people aren't aware that their flowers have been flowing, you know, thousands of miles to come here. There are more and more options to get local flowers. Um, and so I really hope to see the local flower, you know, movement uh, continue to grow uh, in our community and in our country. 
Well said. So support local food and flowers and they last a long, long time. You get them fresh cut. I know mine last for a really long time when I buy them from you. So wonderful. Do you have any final thoughts to share with our listeners? Yeah, well, have like fun with flowers. Don't be afraid to even go out into your own backyard and play with the flowers that you have there. There are two um, resources that are great for finding local flowers. We're part of some different associations. Um, So there's localflowers.org and it will show you local flowers all over North America. And they have a tool where you can type in your address or your location, and it will show you different uh, flower farmers in the area. And then we also have a great organization um, that we're part of, the London Area Organic Growers, and it shows different farms. So, you know, different meat farms, vegetable farms, and flower farms that are growing in organic and sustainable uh, ways here in our London area. Amazing. Thank you, Bronwyn and Dan, really for your inspiration. And I'm looking forward to my next bouquet of local fresh cut flowers from The Wandering Bee. Thanks, Betty. Thank you. Wonderful to have you here. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Bronwyn and Dan Mund, owners of the Wandering Bee Flower Farm. To continue the conversation, each week we give you something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about, how could you set a pretty table and enhance mealtimes with fresh local flowers? Something to do, visit thewanderingbee.ca to learn more about one family's contributions to their community through their flower farm. Next week on the show, we return to the monthly series, Food for Thought, when we'll hear more stories from innovators about their big ideas on creating a flourishing food system. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our Platinum Elite Level sponsor, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts.